0: Uh, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, with that fix, That's here we go. It's a great morning. Uh, I'm so, so honored to be here with you all this morning. If you don't know, my name is Brendan. I serve with our campus ministry at Called to Greatness. And, man, I get to continue us, moving us down the road in our praying series. And so Bo mentioned it, man. We're praying every Tuesday, 12 to 1, at the Ministry House in the hope to become a praying church. And so Michael kicked us off two weeks ago, and he talked about praise, and, uh, you know, I'll kind of recap that. But, you know, just the question might be, hey, why do we want to become the praying church? You know, what, what is the significance of a series like this, right? Is it, is it just so that I can talk to God better? Is it just so that, um, you know, I can sound like I know what I'm saying when I'm in a circle of people praying, right? What's the, what's the purpose of prayer, right? And, and really the answer to that is you know, we want God to accomplish great things in our midst, right, in our church. And that can only happen when we are aligned with him. Right? So there, there's only a couple ways that we can do that. And the most significant way that we can become aligned with God is to pray. Yeah. And so that's, that's really what this series is all about. And so it can feel overwhelming at times, though, knowing how to pray right like hey it's it's not something that comes naturally it feels a little bit awkward sometimes you know i know many people if if they're asked to pray uh out loud right they they would maybe catch them off guard or maybe i've i've there's been times i've asked to pray for someone and it's so uncomfortable for them they they actually would prefer that i just didn't do it right then you know which i i can understand Um, and so man, in in, in an effort to help us all become better at praying to enhance our prayer life we're using the acronym pray p-r-a-y Right, So two weeks ago, Michael talked about the P in pray, which is praise, man, and just acknowledging who God is, right, that he is the author and creator of our faith, that he is all-powerful, almighty, and, man, he is worthy of our praise, right? And that does two things for us. One, man, it's really good to just acknowledge who God is. It's really nice just to be like, you know what, God? It's great that you're God and I'm not because I'm not very good at being in control of my life. But two, it just builds our faith, right? When you, when you praise God, like this morning, we're, we're worshiping together, we're praising, we open with songs of praise. Man, there's, a, there's an uplifting that happens in our spirit. There's an uplifting that happens in the corporate church, in our church, right? And, and that's, that can happen through singing, but most often it happens actually just speaking in praise, right, in prayer. And so that's what Michael talked a lot about last week. Uh, and so this week, man, I get to talk about the R in pray, repentance and reconciliation, which is the best part about praying. Am I right? Yeah, everybody loves to repent, and so uh, before we do that, man, I just want to pray for our time this morning. I want to pray that God would move in our room, so why don't we just bow our heads and pray together. Father, we thank you for another Sunday morning to be together, to be with our church family. Lord God, you know what we need this morning. You know what, what bluemont Church needs, you know the people in this heart uh, in this room 's hearts God you know what 's before them Lord I pray that just as we're going about this together hearing in the word Lord that you would move mightily that you would help us to repent more often God that you would be um, just in in my words this morning Lord so we thank you and we love you in Jesus name amen okay, so as we are posturing ourselves as the praying church there are um, a lot of great prayers in the Bible, but I feel like I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't take us through the Lord's Prayer this morning. And so before I do that, there, Jesus has uh, two, really one sentence, two verses, that I think are really important to understand about the how-to when it comes to prayer. And it's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, it says this. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father in heaven knows what you need before you ask. Right? And so there's, there's two, I think, really important truths for us here about prayer. One, I think this will be a relief. Jesus is not impressed by a long prayer that's full of great vocabulary and full of sweet nothings. Right? Like, he just doesn't care about that. It's not important to him. Right? so it may, you know, And it's not a knock on someone if you've heard that before or if, you've, if you've, maybe you've heard someone pray and it doesn't feel like they're saying a lot. But it's, it's just to say, man, like that's not what he's looking for. That is not in the Father's heart for us. right? And two, in verse 8, it says, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So when you come to God in prayer, he's not looking for you to bring him a solution. Right? He's not looking for you to bring some creative new idea. He's at, he wants you to align yourself with him. Right, and so if we can remember those things as we are entering this prayer series and as we look into Jesus' model of prayer, the Lord's Prayer, I think that will set us up nicely to become the prayer ch- praying church. Are you guys with me this morning? Yeah. Yeah. And so um, let's let's just look at the Lord's Prayer. I'm gonna I'm gonna start all the way back in verse seven uh, and then read through this. So here we go, Matthew six, verse seven. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Once again, do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Instead, verse 9, pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right? So once again, th- th- starting off with praise, P, uh, acknowledging God for his holiness. That's what Jesus is showing us here. That's what Michael talked about last week. Um, and you know, Michael talked a lot about praise and worship. And once again, man, that, that's so important. But just, just to, to acknowledge, hey, praise can happen in prayer, and it should frequently. Uh, then we pick up in verse 10. Jesus says this, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Okay, and so there it is. That's the Lord's Prayer. Maybe the most famous prayer in all of the Bible, right? Maybe there's someone in here would know more than me, but uh, that's the one I know the best. And it's interesting to me just how, like, condensed that is, right? Like, right before in verse 7, Jesus is saying, like, hey, don't just say whatever, right? That's not important. Instead, ask what, what God wants to do. And he's, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? We talked about this. Hey, what is, why are we praying? Because we want to see God accomplish great things in our midst. But how many of you know the thing getting in the way of God accomplishing great things is not him, right? right? He's not the one getting in the way but we are. We're the ones getting in the way of God accomplishing great things. And so I think verse 12 is fitting where Jesus says, hey, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, okay? And so really it's an acknowledgement to say, God, there's sin in my heart, there's sin in my life that's keeping me from becoming the person that you want me to become, and that's, that sin is not allowing me to accomplish your will in the world, okay? And so, Uh, you know, if you've been in a church setting before, you maybe have heard repentance defined like this. You might be walking and pursuing life in your own direction, right? Saying, hey, this is what I think is good. I'm going to live my life this way. But then God encounters us, and we have to come to a stop and turn. To repent is to turn and to look at what God says is good in him and say, okay, God, I'm going to go after you now. And then we walk in that direction. And, you know, that is a great definition of repentance, and it was so helpful to me the first time that I heard it. But before that can happen in our real lives, you know, in, our, in our physical reality, there has to be something that takes place in the spiritual, right? repentance and prayer. And, and so it, it says this in Isaiah 59:2. but your iniquities or your sin has made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear right? So I, maybe, you've, maybe you've never read the scripture before. I, when, I, when I came across it, it really struck me that not only does my sin separate me from God, but it's almost like the sin is like this wall that causes God not to hear my prayer. And man, that struck me. And it's, it's very clear, you know, that, hey, that's, that seems like a bad thing. Uh, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, right? What's a wage? It's something that you earn, Sin in your life causes you to earn death. You know, I was thinking about this this morning. Uh, My dad once told me I had some gas that I was trying to get rid of, and I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know if I was supposed to take it somewhere or what. And he said, hey, if you just want to get rid of it, just pour it on a plant that you want to kill. But be careful. If you you get that gas on something else, it will kill that thing too. It will kill everything. And I thought that was a great metaphor for sin. You know, like, hey, it's not just that sin... Uh, is this thing that only affects one area of our life, but as it festers in our hearts, it infects everything, right? So if you ask, if you might be thinking, hey, I'm, I'm only sinning in this one area. Well, just like if I pour gas on a plant and it splashes to the grass around it, I'm not just going to have a dead plant, but I'm going to have a dead patch of grass in my yard, right? And in the same way, sin has a way of killing things in our, in our spiritual lives, right? Like, it, it affects every area. Okay, so... Uh, a lot of fun this morning. We're having a lot of fun talking about death in our lives, <laughs> but hey, there's good news, man. Really, there is. Okay, and I so appreciate the word that Nick brought this morning. You know, just that hey, we have an opportunity each and every each and every day to turn and be before God and acknowledge, hey, I, God, I'm broken and I need you, right? And so there is an initial act of repentance, right? If you and maybe you've never done this before, but repentance. And and, and the initial act would be to say this, God, I acknowledge who you are, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, that he was the the one true, uh, powerful son of God, and he lived on the earth, and he lived the life that I was meant to live. But because I failed in that, there's sin in the world, and instead Jesus took that sin, and he took it on the cross, and he was killed for it, right? And and he died, and he resurrected from the grave. And if I believe that truth, if I believe that truth, it says in 1 Peter 2.24 that by his stripes I'm healed, that I can be made right before God and I can repent like I was saying. If I'm, if I'm walking this way and I'm walking in death, I'm walking in sin, I can stop and turn to God and repent and say, okay, God, whatever you have for me, I want that. And that's an initial act of repentance. And so if you haven't done that this morning, I just encourage you, don't leave here without doing that. Man, Don't, don't leave here without repenting and being before God. You know, Cale is getting baptized this morning. In a, sense, he, not in a sense, he is repenting, right? From an old life. This afternoon, we get to celebrate him walking into a new life, and that's a great thing. But... You know some more good news. If you're like me, you sin a lot, man. There's a lot of sin in your life, and you know that's that means that you have to repent a lot. And and the the, the great thing about this is that uh, sin is not or repentance is not meant to be something that's complicated. You know, it's really it's really not. Um, it, the, the the act of turning and walking towards God is not an easy act. It's difficult to do that day in and day out, but I loved the Lord's prayer because it's so simple. Like Jesus just simply says, "Hey, Lord, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have sin- you know, forgive us our sin, as I forgive someone who sins against me." And it's it's really just doing that daily. You know, Kendall and I, we got in a fight uh, a couple days ago over something really dumb. You know, if you're married, you know how that goes, and it, it was a it was a big fight, and uh, I said something that was really dishonoring to her, really disrespectful. And I, w- I was hurt by something that she had said and did, and so I, I lashed out. I said something hurtful. And, you know, so there was an initial act of repentance, right? Like, hey, I had to apologize for the wrong, the, I, what I said to Kendall. But in my heart, there was more there, right? Like there's, se- there's selfishness, there's apathy, there's unbelief, there's, there, there, there's really just this lashing out of like, hey, I feel, I feel, I felt disrespected, and I, I think, The way I feel is more important than the way you think, so I'm going to say this, right? And that that kind of thing is in all of our hearts, right? And it it takes the shape and form of many different things, right? Like, hey, it's it's one thing for me to say something mean to my wife. It's it's another thing for someone else who is maybe uh, an, an alcoholic or someone who is a liar or a manipulator or a cheater, right? Like all these different things, they they fester and show in our hearts in different ways, right? And, and the, the important thing about repentance is it's not just the big things. God wants to take everything and change it. He wants to transform every part of your heart. And that only comes when we are able to repent before him. Uh, Psalm sixty-six eighteen 18 says this. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, or you could say it like this. If I had loved sin in my heart, if I did not turn away from my sin, the Lord would not have listened. But truly, God has listened. He's attended to the voice of my prayer. And so, man, when we turn to God, that, that barrier that's talked about in Isaiah 59, the, the, the fact that God can't hear us, man, that barrier is removed, and God is basically saying, hey, I, I want to receive what you have this morning. I want to hear your words. And, and, and he does hear us. And not only that, but we can hear him. You know, it's, it's a great thing when we are able to repent from sin in our lives. And it's not just that God can hear us, but we can hear from him. You know, I, I don't know if you know this, but when God speaks, it's a, it's a really powerful thing. And, and that can only happen if our hearts are aligned before him. <clears throat> and so um, a, a mistake that I think is commonly thought about repentance and being before God uh, is thinking the more that I repent, the, the worse that I am. Right, Hey, if I have to repent a lot, that means I'm sinning a lot, and that means I'm bad. right? Hey, God, God won't accept me because I've done so many bad things that, uh, you know, hey, he could never stand before me. right? As a new believer, that's something I often thought. I would have sin in my life, persistent sin, and it would happen often. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, I can't tell God about this because he's going to be mad at me. You guys, That sounds silly, right? Uh, so Jesus said this, your father knows what you need before you ask him. And so, you know, it's, it's really like, hey, God knows every part of you. He knows every area. And if you are a believer in Jesus, if you, if you have believed that he's, that he's the son of God, that he died for your sins, that he rose from the grave, then here's the good news. You are accepted in the beloved, okay? What that means is that you are fully accepted, that God has accepted you eternally, right, forever. But there's another, there's another truth that, hey, nothing in you is defensible. Meaning like this, when, when, something, when God brings something to our attention, when he brings uh, sin to our attention, we have a, a, something that I do, I, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, is I put up walls or stiff arm, you know, I give them the Heisman. Hey, hey, God, don't want you to touch that area of my heart. I don't want you to talk to me about that. Or even a close friend might bring something up. Hey, I've seen this in your life. What do you think? Well, I think you're dumb, you know, I, I, I don't like that you said that to me, right? I've, I've, had, that, I've had that in my mind many times. Uh, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. And so that's, that's, that's how it goes, though, you know, it's like, hey, there's, there's a rising up in you that wants to resist God and rebel against God. And, you know, repentance is a turning to God, rebellion is a turning away, and we, we want to keep turning towards God and just saying, all right, God, like, I am going to receive what you have for me. Like, I'm, I'm going to repent from my sin. I'm going to acknowledge that I need you to take it away. And, like, just that, that living that truth that, hey, as I, as, as I try not to defend my actions and just acknowledge that, hey, I do need to change, God makes me into the man or woman that I'm supposed to be, right? He makes you into the man or woman that you're supposed to be. I'm, I'm going to choose to be a man. And so um, I thought that would be funny. It wasn't. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Uh, so, that, I mean, just as I'm closing, talking about repentance, uh, you know, the other R that we talked about is reconciliation, okay? And so um, repentance you can think of as a vertical act. It's between you and God. But re- uh, reconciliation is more of a horizontal act, right? So if we go back to verse 12 in Matthew 6, uh, he said this, Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, right? Or forgive me of my sin as I forgive the person who sinned against me. So in uh, this dynamic between repentance and reconciliation, repentance is... Uh, turning away from sin, but reconciliation is a making right of the relationship between you and God and you and a person who you've wronged or you've been wronged by. Okay? So, um, you know, it's funny. Typically, reconciliation, you, it, I don't know if most people think about it like this, but if you, if you take some time to think about it, it happens most often between the people that you're closest with, your close friends, your spouses, your kids, Family members, people you see often, right? I mentioned Kendall and I get in a fight. She's the person I have to reconcile with the most, you know, daily, basically. And then that's not even counting the other relationships in my life. Um, but uh, the Bible has pretty clear instructions on reconciliation and how it's related to prayer, actually. And it's in Matthew 5, verse 23. It says this, so if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has sinned against you, leave your gift at the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Okay, so what does it mean to offer a gift? You can think about it like this. Hey, if you have sin in your heart towards someone and you know it, maybe they've done something to you or you've done something to them. And you come to God trying to pray as if everything's okay, that would be like offering a gift. And Jesus says this, Leave your gift and go and make things right. Leave your gift and go. And I like it because it says, if your brother has something against you, it doesn't say who causes it. Who caused the wrong, right? Well, if it's their fault, why should I be going to them? That's not what it says, man. Jesus, Jesus says, hey, first go and be reconciled to your brother. And so I have, there's a story, man, when I, I guy kind of prompted this, I had completely forgot, but. When I became a Christian, I lived with a bunch of guys from my high school, and one kid's name was David Gong. And David's family owned the the Chinese buffet in Newton, and we didn't really hang out that much, but we ran in a circle that, you know, he knew one of my friends, and so sometimes we would see each other, and uh, we got along okay, but I really didn't like David. I wouldn't really say he was a friend, but through um, some circumstances, we ended up living together at KU, me, him, and two other guys in a suite. And so... um, uh, there was one night in particular where David thought he would be funny and disrupt me while I was studying. And I really didn't appreciate it, and I let him know that. And I said, hey, man, I would really appreciate it if you stopped doing what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, he, ba- ba- I mean, basically he was just playing loud, distracting noises on a loudspeaker while I was, and so, you know, we don't need to get into that. But it was, it was <laughs> I had just become a Christian, you know, I, I was trying to turn away from my old life, I was living with these guys who knew me in my old life, and, and you know, just to be frank, in my old life I was very insecure. It was easy to get under my skin, and, and so David got under my skin, and we got in a fight. And it, it wasn't just like a verbal altercation. There was, there was a lot of punching involved. <laughs> and so you know, unfortunately, that, that's what happened. And later on, uh, some things happened in our dorm room with another guy that I just realized, man, I need to get out of this situation. And I moved. Um, I I only lived one semester in that dorm and started living with some guys who were following Jesus. And it changed my life. And it was great. Well, I would see David on campus here and there, but really not that often. I really think probably outside of that freshman year, I only saw David maybe two or three more times on campus um, after I moved out. And so then, after I graduated in my fifth year, uh, you know, the, I, I, I want to say at least one or two times I, I apologize to David for the fight we got in. You know, I just let him know, hey, man, I, I got upset. I shouldn't have acted out that way, and I'm really sorry. But then when I graduated, I was still working on campus and working out at the gym, and I saw David there. And I was kind of surprised because we were supposed to graduate at the same time. I didn't really think he'd still be in Lawrence. And so I start talking to him at the gym, and he, he's explaining how he's still there. And just right away, I noticed that David has, like, just a lot of hurt on him. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever talked to someone who's, like, hurting and broken and just doesn't like people, but, man, David was that. And when I knew David, that's not how he was, right? And there were times where I'd seen David kind of been taken advantage of, and just as I I heard him talk more, that just pattern kept happening in his life. People kept taking advantage of him, and so he had a low trust for people. And it was clear he still had a low trust for me. And it was just so strange because I was like, man, here I am. You know, I just gotten married. I have a new job. I feel like that life's completely behind me. I thought maybe things would have been good from our freshman year. But it just seems like they weren't. And so uh, through a series of events, I just start talking to him and say, hey, man, you should come to our campus meeting. And lo and behold, he came, which I was shocked about. He wasn't a believer, not even close. Uh, He he grew up, you know, he's Chinese, and so he grew up uh, worshipping another guy, but he wasn't even, he didn't think God was real at all. And so I couldn't believe he came to our campus meeting. And so the message happens, we start talking, he, me, and another guy, and David is still really hurting. Like, he's describing the the hurt that he's he's having, uh, but not intentionally, you know, he's trying to be guarded, but it's just so obvious, like, he can't trust people. And... So I, you know, I'm honestly just emotionally moved, like, okay, David, hey, I just want to tell you, man, I am so sorry for the way that I treated you, man, and, like, I, I just want you to know that, like, my life has changed. Anything that I did then, I, I, I regret, and I, and I, I man, I want to be your friend. And so I wish I could say that, like, that led David to become a believer in Jesus or something like that, and that's just not what happened, but, you know, for the next, like, three weeks, I want to say, he came over to Kendall and I's apartment on Sunday morning, or Sunday afternoons, and we would just study together, right? Like he, would, he would just come over, and he would, eat, he would eat at our apartment. He was living by himself in Lawrence. Uh, he didn't like any, like all the people he hung out with, he didn't like. And so it was just like, hey, man, like, I've got stuff I got to do. You can come work on homework. We'll make food. We'll watch football, and that'll be that. And, you know, it's not like we became these great friends, but it was just this, like, hey, we were reconciled. Our, re- our relationship was made right. And you know, I, I don't talk to David anymore. I don't have, like, this great relationship. It was all those Sundays happened kind of right before break, and then I, he, I think he eventually graduated from KU, and we, we just didn't really talk, but it, it wasn't like I had this great expectation that David and I would become the best of friends, or even that he would become a Christian because of this, but it was really just like, hey, in my heart, I know I've sinned against David, and and I'm thankful that, like, we were able to come on the other side of that. And, and now, like, the confidence that I have is, hey, there's, no, there's nothing wrong between David and I anymore. I, I, I can rest knowing, hey, okay, there's peace between me and, me and a friend. And so, um, what, what does this look like for us, or how, how, do, we, how do we do this? Uh, well, in the same, same way that God reconciled himself to us, and we are responsible for reconciling ourselves to other people, and also helping them become followers of Jesus by helping them become reconciled to God. And it says that in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Everybody say, new creation. Okay, thank you. All right. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Okay, what does that mean? That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us this message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Okay, so I think this is important, you know, like many of us know the story in acts 1 of the holy spirit coming down and that being a gift that Jesus often mentioned in in the new testament that hey after me there will be one greater than i that will come there you'll be baptized by fire and it was incredibly important to the mission of Jesus that we were all that we would receive the gift of the holy spirit but in my, in in a way i see paul contending that this ministry of reconciliation is is in the same vein as the Holy Spirit, that we need it desperately in order to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish on the earth, that we are to be reconciled to people, not just reconciled, but help them be reconciled to God. It says that he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Ministry is to serve, right? Like the way that we serve people is helping them be reconciled to God. And so um, I just it, it sums it up very na- nicely there in verse, verse 20. Therefore, we're ambassadors for Christ, we're like, hey, what did what did Jesus do? He reconciled us to God. His life was an offering so that we can be made right with with the Father. Okay, if we are His ambassadors, that means we're representing Him. We are we are wanting to attempt to be the same thing. If you meet uh, a campus rep for, if you know if you were in high school and you were visiting you know, the career fair or the college fair, right? There's all these different college campuses. They're ambassadors for the campus. They're representing the campus. Now there's uh, influencers, right? They're trying to influence a product on you. They're trying to represent a product. Well, hey, basically, Paul is saying, hey, we are influencers for Christ. We are trying to emulate this idea of reconciliation. Are you guys with me this morning? Okay, so that is not a suggestion. (laughs) It's just not, you know, like, hey, if... Uh, I want to say this really quick. Um, I I, I don't have the unrealistic expectation that every relationship can be reconciled. I I know that that's not always possible. But there is an expectation as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, that you would do everything in your power to make things right with a person. Now, how they respond and how they act, that's not up to us, right? That That is not something that we can control. But especially if we have bitterness in our heart, the, there's there's almost nothing that can hinder your walk with the Lord faster than a root of bitterness, and so man, I I just want to encourage us this morning that like, hey, if if there's some if there's a wrong between you and another, whether it was your fault or not, I I, I would ask that you would go and make that right. Um, and so I, I'm transitioning to a close here, and we have covered a lot, so I'm just I'm just gonna kind of give you three things that we can do that would help us. Uh, walk out this reconciliation and repentance. So one is live with an open heart toward God and others. Live with an open heart toward God and others. Um, there's a verse, I, di- I didn't include it, but it's in 1 John, and it, it talks about living in the light. And so uh, I guess, I, I think this is probably especially true for men, but I think it's probably become a more cultural issue as well, where living openly is just not something people do, right? They want you to see their whole life on social media, but when it actually comes to what's going on in their heart, it's very hard to tell, and they would, it would take a lot to maybe get that from somebody. And uh, I think the, the best way that you can live as a believer to have a clear conscience and a clear mind and know that you're right before God is just to live openly before God, but also to live openly before others. You know, this is something that I've really tried to do a lot lately with Jonathan and Jesse and, and Michael, um, you know, like there, there's been a lot of things that have come up that have just been honestly, sm- what well, I would consider small and they probably would too, but God has put the, this, the sin that's in my heart, um, j- just like, Hey, if I don't tell someone about this, I'm sinning before God. Like, it's just, it's so obvious he wants me to tell someone. And honestly, a lot of the times it's kind of embarrassing to admit, like there's, it's these tiny things that I would never tell anybody. Like, it's just like these compromises that I make in my mind. And I'm like, okay, I re- it's not that big of a deal. Like, I want- I'm not going to do anything. Like, I'm not going to act on this. I'm not going to, it's just a thought I'm having. Uh, but it's like, really, God is trying to uproot this th- sin within me. And so it's just like, hey, I want to live with an open heart. I'm going to tell Jonathan. I'm going to tell Michael. I'm going to tell Jesse. And I'm, and I'm not going to be mad at them if they, if they have words for me. You know, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be okay with that. Like I'm gonna receive it. I'm gonna trust, especially you know Michael can whatever. But Jonathan and Jesse, <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm. That's not true. I really love Michael, but it's just, it's just that like, hey, I, I have to be okay with that. Like I'm, I'm living openly. I, I want to be coached. I want someone to help me. I want someone to like see the, There's, there's people in your life in this room. That want to help you become the whole person that God made you to be, and I, I just can't live not being that person. Like, it doesn't mean that I'm doing it perfectly. It just means that, hey, like, I'm going to tell the people that I, what I did wrong and, and, and ask for them to help correct me. And so, man, th- that's the first point. Live with an open heart toward God and others. Uh, two, Repent often. Repent often. Um, I would say start with every day, man, repent, open, open your prayers, just like repenting. You know, there's a prayer that I often repeat to myself and it's search me and know me, oh God. It comes from Psalm 139. And just before I pray, you know, like I like to sit if I can in silence and just like complete silence, listening and, and just, just getting my heart right before God. And then just, all right, God, search me and know me, search me and know me. Search me and know me until, until I feel like I'm ready to move on. And many times it takes God showing an area of my heart that I'm hardened, and there's a separation, right? Like how, 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 how gracious is that? That, that as I'm attempting to come before God, he's revealing to me the area that is causing the separation. And that I can just say, okay, God, hey, I want to give that over to you. And, and, and often many times that's the thing that he wants me to confess to the guys in my life right? Like, the, it's not just that I'm confessing that before him, but to the, to the people. It says in, in James that if you confess your sins to one another, uh, confess your sins to one another so you may be healed. Confess so you may be healed, right? There's a spiritual healing that takes place as we uh, repent and confess. And so, I man, start, start with today. If you haven't repented today, man, go before the Lord and repent. And three, seek reconciliation in every relationship. All right? I talked about this with my friend David. Talked about, you know, just what it looks like as a believer um, to do all you can to sincerely apologize if you've made a wrong, um, or, or or even just to if if someone has wronged you to go before them and try and make it right. And so, uh, as I come to a close, you know, I love getting to be a part of Bluemont Church because we we do so many things. Uh, i I've been a benefactor of people. Giving me real tools that can help me become a better disciple, you know I love that Jonathan's done that, and Jesse and Toria have been a big help. Just they really like there 's a real effort to help people become the people that God made them to be and and this this series this PRAY acronym you know you 've probably heard a ton of a ton of messages about prayer, but it's just I, I love how the practicality of it and so what I want to put before you all is as you're aiming to become a disciple, a person who follows Jesus, who's being changed by Jesus, who's on mission with Jesus, as you're aiming to become that person, um, man, it takes prayer to do that. You know? And before we become the praying church, we have to become the praying man, the praying woman, the praying family, the praying husband and wife, the praying you know, uh, teacher or politician or you know, doctor, whatever. Right? Like we have to do that in our own hearts. And then we can become a church who prays. Right? And so really just like a a challenge I would extend to you all is that we would all pray one hour more a week. Okay? And that doesn't mean you have to pray one hour in a day more, it means just one hour more. Right? So if you if you do the math, there's 60 minutes in a day, seven days in a week, that's less than 10 minutes a day. Right? It's pretty are you impressed by that math, Tobin? 60 minutes in a day. day. That is that KU education. (laughs) Thank you. I I knew I was gonna mess that up. I knew I I'm like 0 for three on math up here. <laughs> uh, okay, there's 60 minutes in an hour, so if we, if you're, if you're able to pray for an hour a week, more, you can pray for less than 10 minutes a day, and that is really helpful to me. You know, I, I think this, the guy can do a lot with, with 10 minutes extra a day or less. You know, like if you, if you would just slow down, find, find time to just acknowledge who God is and praise Him, to repent before Him. And to ask that His will would come in the world through you, like God can do a lot through that. And you know, and it's easy. We we have Tuesdays set up, right, to do that. And I know many of you, it's hard. It's hard to get away and find the time to do that. But I mean, I would just ask that you would make the sacrifice. You know, that you would find a way to get over to the ministry house and join your your brothers and sisters in Christ in praying. You know, like it's it's really powerful when we come together. And you know, our campus staff, we we pray like together three times a week. And it's like, hey, that's that's just what this requires. Like, it, we need we need God to intervene in our lives, and you know, to, just to to find a time to do that um, with with other believers is so important. Um, so, I man, I just want to lean into this together. I want I, I encourage you guys that man, this is this is something that's accessible to you. That God did not make repentance or praying in general something that was meant to be hard, but something that you can you can really accomplish. So, uh, I'm going to close in prayer, and then we'll we'll head out of here let our heads. Father, we just thank you, God, that you don't need us to say some fancy word, that there's no secret password for your love or power, God. That as, as we come before you, God, you know what we already need, and we just say thank you, God. Thank you that you know everything that you are, the creator of all, that you knew we'd be in this room this morning, Lord. We ask that just this morning as we go out, God, that you would give us the power, the strength, the courage to to repent of our sin, Lord. That we would turn before you and and seek to be made right, God. Lord, anything that's hindering us from being closer to you, that's causing separation, that's causing death in our lives, Lord, we ask that you would uproot that sin. We ask that you would make us be brought near to you, God. Lord, we thank you that you have provided our needs. We thank you that you are doing a work in our hearts. We thank you for the love that you've displayed to us. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to come and be before you. So Lord, lead us today. In Jesus' name, amen.